Okay, we're live. Welcome back to episode 69 of the Coffee with Craner Show. And today I'm here with Roman DeAngelis. We're talking about life in the fast lane, what it's like being a professional racing driver. And if you don't know, Roman is from Windsor, Essex. He's a Canadian professional racing driver. And uh, there's a lot of facts about him, a lot of races that he's won and, and got to the podium stand for. Um, some to name a few is the youngest champion winning the Porsche GT3 Cup Challenge, uh, the Canada Gold Classic Championship there. And then in 2020, he recently joined the Heart of Racing team where he's competing in the IMSA WeatherTech GTD Championship. And uh, of note, last year, he won the Detroit Grand Prix, Northeast Grand Prix, and Petit Le Mans, and a bunch of other uh, championships under his belt. And uh, just the last month, he was announced the Aston Martin Racing Driver Academy winner. So that's a big leap in his career. And I'm so excited to talk about life in the fast lane with Roman. Welcome. Okay. So Roman, I don't know if you're a coffee drinker. We're both pretty young. Uh, do you drink coffee? Uh, I'm an espresso guy. So yeah, I like, I like coffee for sure. But Awesome. It, just like his father. His father, I interviewed uh, Roman DeAngelis. His uh, father is Alex DeAngelis and uh, president of Fortis Group. And we talked all about uh, construction, life in the construction industry. So I uh, have his son on the show. He is a professional racing driver if you're watching and tuning in. Um, but I want to jump into the first question. And it's all about how did you start this amazing career in racing, Roman? Yeah, so um, my dad was always a passionate, uh, you know, racing fan and motorsports fan. Uh, growing up, I was always kind of watching it and, you know, being around cars and obviously my dad being construction, um, machinery and equipment. So I always kind of had a, a passion for, you know, mechanical things like, you know, construction equipment, vehicles, everything. So um, that definitely helped, uh, help kickstart it. My middle name is Senna, which is named after a, an F1 driver from the past. So obviously uh, kind of, kind of born into uh, hoping that I was racing at some point. Um, but yeah, just, uh, you know, always grew up with a passion for it, watching it, um, always really just just living with with having you know dinky cars and stuff like that so um you know when i was nine i i uh, got asked to do my first race for my dad i before that i had done some go-karting um in the past just you know a couple times a year going out to actually point peely karting and uh you know after my dad was done work and we would go out there and do a couple laps but you know at the time i was six or seven so whether or not i really liked it or not i'm sure they, they didn't really know um and then yeah, so did my first race there when I was nine and uh, won that one and just kind of, you know, picked up the bug and uh, haven't haven't really stopped since. So. so it really, your father, Max, really threw you into this this whole industry. Yeah, I mean, I was never really pressured into doing it. I mean, I had a, I, I liked it just as much, if not more than he did um, growing up watching it and stuff like that. Um, so, I mean, I definitely was was, you know, given the opportunity and to do it, which I was fortunate for, um, to be able to, to obviously live out my passion. So, um, yeah, I definitely had, uh, had some support from, from my dad and from my parents and family and stuff. So that's awesome. And it all started with, with go-karts. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of the main route nowadays to, to get into to car racing is, is go-karting. So, so what, I guess, what was the max speed for some go-karts that you were, that you were running with? I mean, the, uh, it's they were fast. I mean, 160 kilometers an hour, 150 kilometers an hour. So you know, you're wow. just low to the ground. So it's uh, it's fun. It's really good racing. I think in terms of motorsports, it's probably some of the most pure racing. Still, you know, even having done a lot, um, a lot of different races in, in my career now, 
um, you know, go-karting and the competition and how close everything is, 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 uh, can't really be beat anywhere globally in, in motorsports. So definitely, uh, still, still miss go-karting, still do sometimes, um, you know, get back into the seat. So it's, uh, yeah, it's a good way to start for sure. Is there, is there a difference when you're just driving casually on the road? Like, do you want to, uh, to go 160 or do you try to, you know, maintain your distance and, and not put your, your foot too hard on the pedal? Yeah, I learned, I learned pretty quickly when I got my license that speeding is not a good idea. So um, try to try to limit the the driving on the on the street. I do a lot of it off. So, um, you know, kind of kind of that's kind of my calm, calm driving side, I guess. So not too. Yeah. Now, uh, a question did come in a bit earlier. It was sent to me. What what speed are you driving at now with with uh, Aston Martin? It all really depends. I mean, the impressive thing with with race cars, I mean, there's there's people that have, you know, these crazy like Hellcats or all these other sports cars that go just as fast, mm -hmm. if not faster than our race cars do in a straight line. But um, the impressive thing with our cars is like the the cornering speeds. Um, so obviously tons of downforce, super light, really good tires. So that's really the impressive side. Um, but, you know, top speeds like we were in Daytona last weekend and it's 285, 286 kilometers an hour. So they still still move quite a bit. So. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what I would do behind the wheel. Um, but I mean, what, what type of training is really involved for, you know, being a professional GTD driver? Like what, what's that like? Yeah. I think the, the good thing with the the racing I do, the part that I'm really passionate about um, versus like an IndyCar F1 um, NASCAR is the endurance aspect. So um, for example, last weekend I did the 24 hours of Daytona, which as it says in the name is 24 hours. Um, there's three or four drivers and it's there's no stopping so you know you have you have different stints so you're trading off with your teammates but that's you know a 40 or 36 hour period of you being awake um being you know attentive as to your best of your ability mentally strong you know not uh if, if you lose a bit of mental strength or you know you're sore or you're you're, you're weak physically um you know you you start to slowly decline and that's when when uh, mistakes happen so I think the big training thing is is heat training is one of them okay um, it's really hot inside the cars obviously uh, we don't really have we have air conditioning in the aston but it's not so uh not so good um compared to how hot it actually is in the car um and then mental strength so like i have a simulator at home which oh, wow. i use just to keep my my mind kind of fresh when i'm out of the seat for a bit um and then obviously like cardio and stuff like that just to try to keep you know the longevity throughout the race to be able to know train then get back to it after and stuff like that so it's uh i think that's the aspect that's kind of you know hidden in motorsports is how how physically straining straining it is i mean people that drive to toronto and they're super exhausted and they want to you know go to sleep after get a meal and go to bed and they're you know they're tired so we're doing a you know we're doing three hour stints in a car but you're on the limit mentally physically yeah. um the temperature there's 40 other cars around you that you're watching and it's uh it's like a high-speed chess game in a sauna, basically. So, <laughs> I guess that's a good way to put it. Yeah. Um, but like, so from my understanding, there's no track around here. Where are you? Where do you usually practice? Yeah, I mean, practice kind of in the in the you know part of motorsports that I'm in now is super rare. I mean, maybe as a team, I think we're allocated five test days a year or something, maybe four. Um, so really not really not much at all. Um, and, and when you do test, you're never, I mean, there's nothing really in Canada. So the team will, you know, fly you out to whether it's, you know, Florida or 
anywhere where there's a track that they, they think is worth testing, um, we'll end up going there and, you know, use, use one of your test days there. So um, not much practice going on. Um, like I said, I do have a, a go-kart that I still train with just to keep my hand eye um, yep. kind of fresh. So I kind of started doing that a bit more last year as we kind of had a bit of time out of the seat. Um, and then obviously, like I said, simulator is a, is a huge help. I'm on that, you know, a couple, couple times a week, um, almost every day when I can be. So, um, you know, definitely try to stay fresh in that sense. There's not much, it's not like soccer or hockey where you can, you know, go in your, go in your backyard and kick a ball around or something like that, or go to a field. It's not really, you're not able to do that. You're not able to do it on the street either. So hard to, uh, hard to, to train for it, but. No, it's really interesting. And I guess what, another question I have is the technology and um, the automotive piece what is what is the preparation like on that end, building the car and making sure that everything's up to standards for race day? Yeah, so like uh, like an, an Indy car, F1 or NASCAR, they're all, you know, there's a there's a rule set of, you know, what the car can be and, and you know, horsepower, weight, all that sort of stuff. So the class of car that I'm in is, is GT3. So versus like a NASCAR or Indy car, it's, it's called GT3. Um, so we have Aston, obviously, um, Porsche, McLaren, Ferrari, Lamborghini. Any car you can really think of um, that's a sports car manufacturer kind of has a GT3 car. So the rules and, and regulations behind that kind of restrict the cars to all be, you know, competitive with each other. Obviously, a, an Aston's way different than a, a Ferrari is or a Porsche is. So um, they, they balance the cars as well as they can so that we're able to to compete, you know, um, and, and make it very close racing. So, you know, we, we get the car from Aston and it's pretty much ready to go. But, um, you know, they build it out their factory, send it over. The car's, uh, like I said, ready to go, but there's a lot that still goes into it. I mean, I don't know how many engineers we have and data people and mechanics. I mean, I think it's probably 15 to 20 per car. So there's uh, definitely a big team behind behind all of it that still needs to, to keep the car running, maintain it. Um, you know, be, between 24-hour races, the cars take a, a horrible, horrible beating. They look horrible after, um, torn apart, basically. So there's a lot that goes into keeping them maintained and, and reliable, so... Yeah. And I, this kind of leads into my, my next question is, as you mentioned the team a bit, and I know you're involved with the heart of racing. What is the team like uh, for you, you know, being a part of their, of their organization? Yeah, it's a, it's definitely a really good, really good atmosphere. Um, a lot of teams that I've been with in the past have been pretty fortunate to be uh, kind of like family orientated teams where, you know, everybody gets along and there's joking around and, you know, everybody's, you know, keeping each other positive. Um, but I've also been in teams where it's very stern, very, very serious. Um, you know, that even your teammates sometimes aren't, are kind of against you, stuff like that. So, um, you know, the team I'm with now is, is super, super great, super close knit. Um, we're all, you know, we're all happy to be at the track together, all the mechanics, um, the entire people, the engineers, you know, from the, the bottom to the top, we're all, you know, we're all family and we're all, uh, you know, all working for the same goal every weekend. So, um, you know, the, the whole, you know, aspect behind the heart of racing is our, our sponsor kind of says, if you guys aren't having fun, then it's over. So, um, you know, we kind of, you know, we, we goof around and we have fun, but you know, when it comes down to business, we're all very, very professional and we get the job done. So it's, uh, it's, you know, it's hard to keep that atmosphere and it's that high of a level. Um, obviously there's a lot that goes into it, a lot of money, um, behind the sponsors and stuff, but I think when that's kind of the attitude it, it ends up going better in the long run. So, and, and from my understanding, the heart of racing gives back to, is it hospitals? Yeah. So we're partnered with the, the Seattle children's hospital. So 
in the past with my my Porsche stuff um, in 2019 and 2018, we were with the uh, the Children's Hospital of Alabama. So I've kind of always been in a position where uh, you know I was racing not only for for myself and for our team results, but we're also racing for you know the the kids in the hospital who obviously aren't as fortunate. So um, mm-hmm. it's it's good to have like a drive behind what you're doing. I mean, obviously we want to get results and we want to win championships and stuff, but there's a, there's a backstory to our team and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, people are able to donate and stuff. So there's a, there's kind of a backstory, which obviously helps, uh, you know, get our, get our team out and get, you know, get the word out for the, uh, the kids in the hospital. So it's, uh, definitely for a good cause. Mm-hmm. No, it is. And it's, it gives you that purpose for, for racing, right? Knowing that yeah, you're going exactly. on the track and, and benefiting, you know, hundreds of families. Uh, we did have a question that came in Roman, uh, from Mike Janice, any racing superstitions you have? Good luck charms. I used to, when I was in fo- formula cars, you can kind of like the, you can get in from either side of the car. So I'd always have to get in from the same side. Um, I can't really do that in the Aston. It's just obviously the seats on one side, so I'm not going to be crawling across. Um, I don't know. I, I kind of have like a certain routine of how I put like, you know, my gloves and everything on, I kind of put it in the same order um i'm not too superstitious um i i think in in go-karting i kind of had like if i'd find like a penny or something on the ground i'd always put it in my pocket like for the race as a kid but nothing really like that anymore but um is I there a think meal you have to eat what's that is there a meal you have to eat not not necessarily i kind of have a similar meal plan that i usually eat every weekend for a race so pretty strict on that pretty strict on getting you know eight to nine hours of sleep before a race like it's definitely things i do but they kind of became normal so i don't think of them too superstitious but and i think is one of the sponsors you have uh energy drink uh no or is it like a, a supplement style vitamin oh drink? yeah so i uh i partnered last year with hammer nutrition so they're okay. just a nutrition company that for uh endurance athletes so a lot of a lot of triathletes uh marathon runners cyclists stuff like that so been using their product the last year and a half and that that sort of stuff also is a huge huge asset in in the racing we're doing i mean there's times where you get out of the car and you have to do another four or five hours and you're already completely poached so um that that stuff kind of kind of keeps you running keeps you fueled uh keeps you hydrated and also i mean a lot of the times you get out of the car and your your vitamins and everything like that or your nutrition so far down that you're able to kind of replenish it quicker so uh all that kind of stuff's useful as well Awesome. And this, I guess, leads into my next question is from what, what you're saying, there's a lot of hours involved in uh, racing and preparing before the race. And you, from my understanding, you're also an engineering student at the University of Windsor. And how are you, how are you balancing that? Yeah, I, uh, I don't know sometimes, but um, <laughs> my, my friends definitely help out a lot. Um, I think in, in engineering in general, it's a program where you really need to have, you know, a good group of friends um, who are able to kind of build off each other. Um, it's very high paced. There's a lot going on. Um, and yeah, I think my friends in, in that program helped me a lot to, you know, be able to stay in it basically, um, helping me catch up when I'm gone, helping me with studies and stuff like that. Um, but I mean, starting, starting racing so young, I kind of went through grade school and high school missing, you know, 25, 30% of the semester, if not more. So kind of used to, you know, the, the intensity of that and the, you know, the aspect of not really being there um, and still trying to have to learn and get by. So, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not a straight A student in university, but I, I, you know, I get by and do what I need to, to, to make sure that, you know, I'm able to hopefully in a, a year and a half graduate. So. Yes. Yes. No, that's exciting. Um, 
I'm losing my train of thought here, but I, I mean, oh, okay. It came back to me now. Uh, engineering student, what type of engineering is it? Is it computers or? No, mechanics? no. You know, from earlier, I'm not good with computers, but uh, <laughs> I'm, in, I'm in mechanical engineering. So kind of, kind of ties in with uh, the racing, you know, the racing sort of thing. I'm not an automotive, just general mechanic right now. So um, kind of, kind of similar to, to what I'm passionate about anyways. So Do you plan on, on tying them in in the future? Yeah, I got to kind of see where that goes. Um, you know, my, my dad's in construction as well. So I, I've been around construction. I've, I've worked um, some construction for him. I'm more just labor stuff. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm passionate about both. I like, I obviously like the, the building side of things, but also the automotive side. So um, the more I hang around, you know, our engineers for our car and our, our team and stuff like that, the more I kind of get hooked on that as well. So um, I guess I have a bit of background in that as well. Know know some people in the in the industry that could help as well. So don't really know what I'm going to go or what route afterwards, but it'll be one of the two for sure. Have you been able to, you know, talk to your professors and, and see if, it, you know, you can work on one of the cars that you're driving or being able to tie that into to school somehow? Yeah, they're, they're pretty strict with the, uh, the co-op stuff. So I'm actually in a technically in a co-op term right now, oh, um, awesome. but there's a list of 200 companies that you can apply for and everybody needs an equal chance. Um, so I'm not actually able to co-op um, through the school. So I kind of have a bit of a break now, but, um, you know, working with the team and stuff like that, I might go down to their shop for a few weeks um, and, and you know, hang out there with the engineers that we have um, and learn oh, a cool. bit there. So they're all really smart guys. So I'll, I'll definitely get some uh, some work experience from them. That's awesome. And now talking about life after university, um, you've really taken a major step in your career with, with the Aston Martin racing driver Academy winner winning that. What does this mean to you? What does it mean to some of your future goals? Yeah, I think, I think in sports car racing um, and IMSA and stuff like that, you know, you always kind of your, your main goal or the, the pinnacle of, of a sports car racing driver is to be a factory driver. So um, in the past and right now, still, I, I race for the heart of racing. I'm contracted with the heart of racing. Um, you know, I have, I didn't before really have affiliation with a, with a brand with Aston. Um, mm -hmm. So I was, I was in their Academy. Um, but obviously having won the, uh, the Academy now kind of puts me in a position where if they need a, a young guy um, in a seat or they need somebody for the weekend or something like that for a test, um, I'm someone who, who they can go to. I'm on their list now. So, um, you know, still, still, contracted under the heart of racing but um you know have have a bit of a tie now with aston where you know i'm i'm on their list for for somebody if they need it so i definitely do some races in europe this year with them um kind of a, a prize for winning the, the academy and and see where that goes and if we can you know be successful in the future maybe have a position there so that's awesome is there a a certain level of racing that you want to be at that's your 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 main goal yeah, I think I think in sports car racing as well, like it's it's a lot different than like IndyCar, F1 or, or NASCAR, where, you know, if, if you want to be in the pinnacle of open wheel racing, you go to IndyCar, F1, where there's, you know, 20 races a year and those 20 races are that's it. Um, yeah. Same with NASCAR, where in sports car racing, like IMSA is the, the North American, you know, the North American market for sports car racing, where all the top guys from Europe are still coming over and other races like Le Mans, Spa, um, 24 Hours, like Nürburgring, all the championships in Europe, there's guys from here coming over and, and vice versa. So there's not really a distinct, you know, 20 race calendar. There's maybe 50 races a year that you can you can do and will be, you know, the top level of sports car racing. So that kind of 
changes it to, to what races I'd want to do um, in the future. Okay. Um, so Daytona was, was one that was on my bucket list um, growing up. And this year is my fourth year, which is pretty, pretty crazy to think. Um, obviously being, being young and always wanting to dream of dreaming of doing that race, having done it four times. Are you uh, one of the youngest on the, on the track? Yeah, still, still one of the youngest. So wow. I don't want to get old yet, but uh, how does that feel? It's good. I mean, I'm, I've been in the, the championship now. So like I said, my fourth year in that, in that race, kind of comfortable now I'm used, used to it. Um, but when I, when I did it for the first time, I was 16. So that was kind of an eye opener and definitely felt like the young guy there, um, inexperienced obviously and stuff, but, um, pretty comfortable now. Um, but you know, like races like Lamar, that's something that I really, really want to do in the future. That's, you know, one that I really need to check off. Um, I did the spa 24 hours last or two years ago. Um, that was another one. I did Bathurst 12 hours in Australia. That was another big one. There's kind of these like, mm-hmm. you know, big hit list races that you really in sports car racing are just the pinnacle. So working to, uh, to try to solidify some, some seats in those races. So, and, uh, just another question, is there a certain track or, or country or race that, you know, is your top, you want to, you know, if you can do it every year. Yeah, I really, uh, I really enjoyed spa when I did it. I didn't get to drive much. Um, we had an issue with a few hours in, so I did about an hour of that race. Um, I did Bathurst in Australia. That was probably one of the, the most enjoyable um, tracks I've driven. I don't think it was the safest or the uh, the easiest track. It was definitely probably the, the craziest track I've ever driven, but um, I think that's kind of what made it so fun. Also to go to Australia was something that I really look forward to doing. Um, and, and it's just a, a very cool and, high rated uh race so that was really cool but lamar is kind of the pinnacle and i really really want to get there so i'm um, hoping to do that in the future and you touched on it a bit one thing i forgot to mention is is the the danger component to what you're doing uh you know are you are you ever scared going on the track i think the only time i was scared was the first first session first practice session i did in, in bathurst in australia that was uh that track's if you, anyone looks it up, it's pretty, uh, pretty mental. Um, but no, I think, you know, I'm, I'm more scared driving, driving to school or driving to, you know, yeah. to work or something. Um, you know, I'm, I'm racing against people for the most part are, are all professionals. Um, you know, obviously all take their, their safety and stuff very seriously. The cars are prepared, um, you know, to the last, you know, fine edges of safety and stuff like that. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm not, never really get too scared anymore i mean it is a dangerous sport um but you know compared to other sports like you know hockey soccer lacrosse a lot of people are getting injured there too so um i think you know i don't really think about that aspect too much Uh, i've been pretty lucky knock on wood so um yeah just uh yeah i don't really think about it too much anyways so yeah i don't know what i do with all the the torque and how i'd handle that like i go you know 100 on the on the 401 and that's a bit yeah. that's a bit too fast for me so yeah, yeah. uh definitely props to you for doing that um i i, I think we we can wrap up here i asked a, a bunch of questions and i really appreciate your time roman thanks for for jumping on the show and talking all about the the world of racing yeah for sure thank you so much for having me no problem those watching check out uh romandangelis.com you can find his racing schedule for 2022 and uh, this will be uploaded on all social media platforms. You can also watch uh, my interview with Max D'Angelo's father on uh, coffeewithcrainer.com as well. Thanks for watching.